Welcome to Five Star Company Culture with your host, Josh Cunningham. In this podcast, we explore how culture is the key to unlocking massive profits and unprecedented freedom. Discover insights, strategies, and inspiring stories to transform your life and business. Here's your host, Josh Cunningham. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Five Star Company Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Cunningham, the founder and CEO here at Five Star Company Culture. We help entrepreneurs, we help small business leaders, we help large business leaders really unlock all the potential profits and freedom in their life and in their business by doing what? By implementing that foundational element of a five-star company culture. That culture is going to help you attract and retain top quality talent. It's going to help you deliver exceptional customer service to your client experience. And as that leader at the top who's responsible for doing all this stuff, it's going to create more freedom in your life. So you're not living in that financial prison where you got to show up every day and just grind away and you know hope to make it through the day and wake up and do it all again the next day. So we want more freedom. We want more profits in our business. And that's exactly what the Five Star Company Culture Podcast is all about. Got an awesome guest for you guys today, Terry L. Bass. Ask Like the Fish is joining us today. He is the CEO of Potential to Reality. How's it going today, Kerry? Doing well. Thanks for having me today, Josh. Certainly. We're happy to have you on the show today. We know, we know you've got a lot of expertise to share with our audience today. You've got a very eclectic background uh, in your professional career, and then you've used all that experience and all that expertise to now help um, other co- companies, other businesses uh, make an impact into society. So why don't you catch our audience up to speed here and give them a little background information on uh, your professional experiences and accomplishments so far. Sure. I, uh, as, as we said, I have a kind of a pretty eclectic background in working in technology and ministry and government service and consulting. And all of those have kind of blended together to be able to uh, uh, have a common theme of being able to move organizations from where they are to use their resources and their people and the potential and get them to where they really want to be to make the impact that they want to have. And so that's what I had uh, focused this part of my life and career on is being able to help those organizations that really want to make an impact uh, in society and uh, for their stakeholders. That's phenomenal. And uh, I'm sure your clients very much appreciate all the expertise that you pour into them to, like you said, help them get from where they're at to where they want to be. And uh, a lot of different ways that we help, that we help business owners do that, right? As a, as a consultant, um, you know, working with different businesses, understanding what that void is, understanding what that gap is, and then figuring out how we can implement, you know, a few small things in their business to ch- create those huge, huge results. So I know one of them is, um, you know, very much uh, understanding how to attract and retain top quality talent. I mean, that's a common theme here on the podcast. You know, people, we, no matter what we're selling, we're still in the people business, right? Yeah. We're still we're still hiring, you know, human capital assets, trying to bring in the top quality talent, get them the training and the tools and the resources they need, and then hoping that they stick around with our organization and continue to put forward those five-star results. Um, but one of the things that's been a very common theme here in the last couple of years has been the great resignation, right? People now have the opportunity to choose where they want to work. It's not just about taking the first job that you're offered and working there for 40, 50 years and then retiring. But, you know, people nowadays very much value the time much more where it's where they're spending it in a relationship with an employer. And I understand you have some expertise in this area. Um, 
you know, why don't you tell us, Carrie, what, what are some of the things that business leaders need to understand in order to create that value for the teams that are going to follow them as leaders? Well, you know, um, one of the things I've been spending some time studying and talking about and, and doing a little writing about mm-hmm. was uh, the, the effects of the Great Resignation is really a transition. And if you look at what was happening in labor and in the organizations uh, prior to that, it was a slow progression that was speeding up. But the the pandemic was a major inflection point that gave uh, people an opportunity to look at what they were have been thinking about for quite a while. Uh, and that was, am I spending my time, something that I won't get back on the things that I really want to spend them on? And so if the value proposition came up is that that tomorrow I may not be here, am Mm -hmm. I doing what's really important to me? Then people begin to evaluate how they're spending their todays and those having to do with the jobs. And so much of our life is spent working. They begin to evaluate what is their, what is the value that they're getting? What's in it for me? That's one of my favorite Mm -hmm. uh, paradigms is the WIFM. What's in it for me? for the time I'm spending working with you. And so that really, I think, was the the great uh, shift that I've been advising leaders of organizations inside commercial, government, not-for-profit, is what is in it for your stakeholders and particularly your employees by spending their days with you? Yeah, I've, I heard that phrase uh, about a decade ago from uh, one of my marketing mentors, and, you know, we think of marketing, we think about the messages that we create yeah. to our audience of potential, you know, clients and prospects. W-I-I-F-M, he used to always say that when you look at someone on their forehead, you got to read W-I-I-F-M. It's everyone's fa- favorite radio station. They're tuned into <laughs> all the time, right? What's in it for me? Exactly. And you think about that from a perspective of messaging to your prospects and your clients. And a lot of people forget that you have a whole nother funnel in your business that's absolutely critical, which is your talent funnel, right? How do you acquire attract, retain, you know, motivate, reward, discipline, promote this talent into your organization, because those are the people truly carrying out the systems and the processes and the, you know, belief systems within your company that you've made all the promises that you made to your prospects and to your clients. And so something that gets overlooked quite a bit of times. And uh, you also alluded to it as well, the amount of time that people spend in their life. The one resource that we can never get back is time. You know, you look at the amount of time that you spend with your parents, so to speak. Well, your first 18 years of your life, you're with them almost all day, every day. And then most people move off and go to college or pursue a career. And that just plummets, falls right off the uh, off the graph. You know, you look at the time that we get to spend with our children, same graph, you know, first 18 years, we're going to be around them for a long time, all day, every day. And then they're going to move away from the home. And that graph is just going to plummet right off the, the, the edge of the uh, you know x-axis. But when you think about the amount of time that you spend with the people that you work with, once you get a job, right, whether that's 15, 16, 17, 18, I mean, that's a pretty steady graph for the rest of your entire life until, until quote unquote retirement. And uh, it's because we're showing up 40, 50, 60 hours a week to be in this environment around all these other people. And so, like you said, that's why it's so critical to make sure that the value proposition, right, again, the marketing, that what's in it for them, the marketing to that, to that market uh, or the message to that market is congruent with the things that are near and dear to them and the things that they believe in. Uh, any specific examples or um, you know, maybe testimonials from a, a recent client engagement about how you've helped them 
maybe make a couple few small adjustments into their business to create some some uh, you know huge results when it comes to balancing out that value proposition to their employees and, and a potential employee candidates as well. Well, there's a couple of examples that I'd like to share that, yeah. uh, that point to um, uh, on a large scale. They weren't my clients, but they, but they point to some some real specific uh, uh, um, examples of how that happened. I think uh, many of you may have uh, paid attention. Frito Lay uh, mm-hmm. was looking to try to uh, staff their plants and get their production lines working uh, more uh, to be able to get the uh, supply chains working better. They were unable to attract uh, enough people to work in the Frito-Lay plants uh, to be able to get their their value propos- their their products out into the supply chain. Hmm. However, uh, Amazon was able to get people to join free that that would leave Frito-Lay or would be the 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 labor force that Frito-Lay would like to attract they were going to Amazon because Amazon said during that time frame I will work with you whatever way that you can and mm-hmm. oh by the way what's important to you well we'll make that important to us if going to school is important we'll help you go to school we'll arrange mm-hmm. to be able to support your your schools if being available for your children is important to you, then we'll work with schedules to make it uh, available to you. We will pay you a competitive salary along with those uh, accommodations to be able to make it. And we'll, we will pay at least what you made at Frito-Lay. And so when people wait, I can either take a job at Frito-Lay or I can take a job at Amazon. And Amazon is not an easy job either. But mm-hmm. Uh, for the time that I'm going to spend and the total compensation and the value of what I'm going to be getting for the time I spend, Amazon is a better. And so Amazon was able to staff their organizations a lot better during the pandemic than many other manufacturing organizations were. Another organization, though, that I uh, and uh, uh, that it reads to a real core concept of how to to get to that cultural value proposition is to be real clear about what you really believe and why does your organization exist? The mm. CEO, I believe, of Shopify, I think it's a Canadian organization, um, that um, he made a lot of uh, shockwaves because you know uh, so many business leaders like to say that we're all a family here. Well, mm. that's not true. Uh, and the CEO of Shopify came right out and said, we're not a family here. We are a high-performing team. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. I will pay you well to be a high performing team. But when you're on my team and your team members expect you to be able to provide that extra value, you're a team of winners. You're part of mm-hmm. a winning team, but you're not family. So therefore, understand that and they'll come in with the expectation of family. And that, and that shocked a lot of people. But I thought that that was extremely honest. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the core of being able to get a culture that provides value to be real clear, not just what you say, but what do you really believe and what's really in your heart about why your business exists? And if Mm. that's true, if you understand that, and then you believe that that mission is something attractive for others to come and join you, then you can start understanding how to provide value to those other teammates that are there. Salary, benefits, flexibility of work, maybe even some uh, profit sharing, or maybe even some equity uh, Mm -hmm. in your business. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's interesting because a lot of times when we talk about culture, company culture, everybody thinks, oh, that's a ping pong table in the break room. You know, that's ability to work from home or wear shorts into the office. But it doesn't always mean some relaxed environment. And in this case, you're, you're talking about, you know, use of language. Like there are certain companies where the use of the word family is absolutely critical and important because to the owner and the founders and the leadership team, that's how they want to be identified. And that's the organization that they want to create. And that's right for them. And other organizations, like you're saying, don't want to use that word, right? That's, that's not how they identify themselves. They want to be a high performing, uh, you know, unit of winners. And guess what? That's going to be their true identity. That's going to be, you know, uh, true to themselves. And they're going to be transparent, and open about that. And that's going to attract the type of people they want to their organization. So that truly is, when we talk about culture, the, the beauty behind it, it's not about pleasing everybody. It's not about, you know, being just overly friendly and singing, grabbing hands and singing Kumbaya and giving extra long lunch breaks. But it's about identifying with what your true purpose is, what you believe in, why you exist as an organization, and for people to feel attracted to that, strongly, magnetically attracted to that. And another great, you know, example of your culture being fully functional is that people will be magnetically pushed away from it, right? You ever try to take two magnets and flip them around? I used to always do that as a kid and you try to put them together and they just will not connect, right? So that's also the sign of a good culture is if you are magnetically pulling in the right type of people in your organization, the right customers, the right employees, and you're magnetically repelling the wrong type of people within your organization, that's what helps a a company with a five-star company culture thrive. So um, any last thoughts or ideas or anecdotes to share with our audience here today when it comes to culture or the great resignation or any of your experiences with uh, your many different uh, types of businesses that you've been a part of in the past? Well, um, I, I think that, that, again, the the core of it is being true and having integrity of what you really uh, believe about yourself and why your business or organization exists. Mm-hmm. And that will help you be able to form the strategies and the, the organizational structure that you need. Um, uh, one of the, the, the different things, and I've I found out, again, I've worked in ministry, not-for-profits, run not-for-profits, run in, uh, worked in large corporations, multinational corporations, and worked uh, and led people in global uh, portions of that business. And what I found out is regardless of the uh, geographic and the uh, social cultures, ge- geographically based cultures, the true value of what you really believe and the mission really will ring true and people will uh, be attracted to that. And so my advice to business leaders is to to take a little bit of time, think about who you really are, make it that clear, and then start communicating that, just as you said, marketing internally about mm-hmm. what you really are about. Yeah. And you want to keep in mind, again, people say marketing, you're thinking of, oh, I need to attract new clients to the business, but your message goes to many different markets. You have your internal audience, right? The people who already work with you on a day-to-day basis. You have your your outbound markets, which is not only prospects and clients, but also future potential employees and former employees as well. So sometimes people just get a little narrow scope into, well, this is what we want our customers to think of us. Let's think a little bit more broader of that. How do you want your existing employees to relate to this message? How do you want your future employees to relate to that as well? So uh, very well said, Carrie. Uh, appreciate you being on the show today. Appreciate your time. Uh, if people want to learn a little bit more about how to get a hold of you and work with you to you know, maybe take their, their vision and, uh, and have you help them uh, turn it into a reality, make an impact on society, 
where would what direction would you point them? I point them to uh, my, my website is uh, uh, makingitreality.com. Our company is Potential to Reality. And again, we're a boutique management consulting firm with uh, we specialize in helping leaders being able to identify and uh, uh, put strategies in place that actually get implemented to be able to achieve the results that they want to achieve in a rapid manner. That's great. Well, thanks again, Carrie, for our viewers. Have no fear. We'll have more awesome guests for you in the upcoming weeks right here on Five Star Company Culture Podcast. Hope you've taken away some great nuggets today. I know I certainly have. Uh, thanks again, Carrie, and thanks again for listening. Take care. Thanks, Josh. Thank you for tuning in to Five Star Company Culture with Josh Cunningham. Embrace these lessons to elevate your business and join the ranks of thriving organizations. Stay tuned for more episodes. And until next time, remember, culture is the key to your success.